Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. I am honored and excited that you're here with me for another episode of the Homecoming Podcast. And today we are focused on building our emotional intelligence building our emotional intelligence. And before we get into the content, I am excited to be able to read vows from one of our co-journers. And these vows are from Naomi Louise Weed. And I am sorry, Naomi has been waiting a while uh, to hear her vows. She actually sent them in in February, and we are just getting to share them here now in April. But I am excited, and I do believe in divine timing. So uh, what she wrote is actually in alignment with what we are sharing on today. And for those who are new to homecoming, a homework assignment from the second episode was for you to write vows to yourself. And so if you have written vows to yourself, please send them to me at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much. All right, let's hear Naomi's vows. Naomi, my dearest, my vow to you is this. I promise to show you compassion instead of condemning and shaming you for past mistakes. When you are falling and the ground feels as if it could swallow you whole, I promise I will hold out my arms to you. You are wonderful and a work in progress. I promise to help clean your wounds instead of ignoring them. I am your friend. I swear I will never, ever fail you again. We will be human together. You and I, imperfect, yet perfectly happy to accept that growth takes time. Forgive me because I am sorry. I am so sorry for every time I shut you down. I am sorry for telling you you're not good enough, for listening to those who told you through their lack of caring, their lack of love, you were not enough, or that you were too much. You're not too much for me. I love you. Every scar, every crease, every missing piece, you are fair and fine on the inside, on the outside. You are kissed by the sun with no need to hide in the shade any longer. I am leaning into love you so deeply. I promise commitment to you, to us, to be more understanding, forgiving, and willing to learn, to listen to you. I know this journey is going to be difficult. We haven't been on the same page for some time, but we can do this together. You are my favorite person because you're not perfect, because you are not who you once were, because you are strong. You are courageous and bright and immensely talented. I believe in you. I always, I will always lean in. 
I will always have your back. You got this. We got this with everything I have. Oh, my goodness. I know that you all are like me, loving Naomi and those vows. And we want to really honor that commitment to ourselves because of all of the times that we believed those lies, uh, that we were not good enough or that we were not worthy. And so instead, we really go into shifting into compassion for ourselves and loving ourselves. And Naomi, my favorite line of all was, you are my favorite person. (laughs) That is so beautiful, so beautiful. Getting to that place of not only self-acceptance, but self-celebration, even uh, with our imperfections, right? That we don't have to be perfect uh, to love ourselves. We don't have to be perfect to be worthy of love, right? She said, every scar, yes, every missing piece, everything, everything about us. So thank you so much for those vows as we uh, bring them into ourselves. It's going to be uh, important for us to have what has been called emotional intelligence. And so us being tuned in to ourselves and also us having social skills to relate to others from a healthy place and from a place of awareness. And so when I have been checked out from myself, I am in need of cultivating my emotional intelligence. When I have felt um, overcome by my emotions, I am in need of cultivating my emotional intelligence. Or even when I have felt stuck and silenced where, you know, some people will say things like, I want to cry, but the tears won't come. Or I feel like I quote unquote should be mad, but I don't feel anything. And so when I cannot express what I feel or when I feel uh, that there are times I am drowning in my emotions. And I was talking or tweeting the other day about um, the gift of being someone who is emotionally sensitive. And uh, some people could see the gift in that. And then some people were talking about how it can also be challenging or feel overwhelming or feel like a burden. Uh, And so navigating uh, our emotional lives is a part of coming home to ourselves. And then this thing called relationship, whether you're talking about family, friendship, co-workers, supervisors, intimate partners, uh, that those are emotional exchanges, right? Um, that our social connections are really built on our capacity uh, to navigate not only our own emotions, uh, but other people's. And for some people, uh, certain personalities um, or certain emotions are more challenging than others. So we want to dig into that on today and to start with our acknowledgement of recognizing that we each have uh, the need or the desire to grow in that area. That as I come home to myself, as I become uh, more intentional about living authentically, then to be authentic and not always on script or on stage or in costume or with the mask on, it means to really tap in to what I really feel, 
right? To really tap in and be aware of the emotional lives of those who are around me. And so it is an awakening because the truth is sometimes we are sleepwalking, sleepwalking through our own lives, sleepwalking through our friendships or relationships where we have been checked out. And there are a number of reasons uh, why we can become disconnected or numb uh, to our emotional lives or disconnected from the emotions of others. But a part of my healing and my homecoming is being able to tell the truth to myself. And so there are four components I want to talk with you about today regarding your emotional intelligence, our emotional intelligence, uh, as I am on the journey with you. And the first one is uh, our emotional self-awareness. So an ability to recognize how you feel for real, <laughs> how you are feeling for real. And what an important question during this time of a global pandemic, because often we are on autopilot or we are busying ourselves or forced to be busy or we are distracting ourselves uh, with constant television walking or watching or going from call to call or Zoom to Zoom or Skype to Skype. Um, but to really intentionally be still. And that's why I am honored that you're tuned into the podcast, because this is an important moment for self-reflection and for cultivating the ability to sit with myself, to hold space for myself. It is an uh, opportunity, an opportunity to tell myself the truth without all the shoulds, uh, without the censorship, without the judgment without the condemnation. So let's take stock, right? Let's take inventory of how are you feeling? And the reality is we can feel more than one emotion at the same time, right? And so I need to tell myself the truth about how I'm feeling because when I have not told myself the truth, then my actions and my conversation and my life is a mystery to me right? Then I am perpetually saying or thinking things like, I don't know why I did that, right? So then we need to take sacred pause and interrogate it because there is a reason why I did what I did, why I said that. There is a reason. And often we have been what we call triggered or uh, reminded of a point of emotional vulnerability. And so we have responded without really considering, what is this about for me? Right. What is it that I'm really afraid of or what is it I'm really angry about? What is it that I'm grieving? What is it that I'm proud of? Right. And so what are we feeling in this season for emotional intelligence? I have to know myself well enough to know what I feel. Do uh, I feel intimidated? Do I feel insecure? Do I feel anxious? Do I feel jealous? Do I feel lonely? Do I feel bored? Right? What is it that I'm feeling? And then what uh, is that based in? Right? What has created that for me? connecting the circumstance or the event to the feeling, and then digging a little deeper to say, is there more to the story? 
you all know when we've had those moments, or maybe you haven't had them, but I've had those moments where your response doesn't really match the situation, right? Have you ever been in one of those moments where maybe like the exchange that just took place was uh, mild, right, to moderate, and then you found yourself losing it, whatever that looks like for you? And so it becomes like, what is this really about, right, to dig deep of what did this remind me of? What did this pull uh, from for me? What memory did this connect with me? Uh, what familiar but painful experience did wound uh, was reopened as a result of this moment? And so uh, beginning to journal as a part of your homework this week, and I would encourage you to do it daily, reflecting on what you feel. So uh, we have talked in prior episodes about a gratitude journal, and that is very helpful, especially those dealing with depression, uh, to daily write down things that we're grateful for. Um, But I want to also encourage you to consider an emotions journal. And some of us um, didn't grow up with people talking a lot about emotions. And so you might just think about uh, happy or sad or mad, right? But we have a wealth Uh, emotions, and some of them we have not been able to name yet, even disappointment, right? And so if I start to reflect on how am I feeling honestly, you know, uh, sometimes I say like in church communities, people say, oh, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And it's true, we're blessed, but we also have some feelings to go along uh, with the fact that we're blessed, right, or challenged. Uh, And so beginning to tell myself the truth. Now, some of you may say, what is the the point of that? The point of it is to live authentically, I need to act out of a place of truth. So if I have not told myself the truth about the fact that I'm angry um, or the fact that I am disappointed or the fact that I am grieving uh, or the fact that I am Uh, exhausted, not even physically, emotionally exhausted, then I cannot live authentically if I'm not starting from a foundation of truth. Yes. So in order to come home to myself, then I have to check in and say, what's going on with you? Right. What is that about? You know, you're being irritable, irritated in your behavior. You're being uh, impatient or quick tempered. Like what is really going on within you? Yes. Uh, And so sometimes we can distract ourselves by focusing on everyone around us. But really to come home means I'm not going to take detours into other people's lives. I need to interrogate myself because there will be freedom and healing in that honest place. Yes. So not only does emotional intelligence require an awareness of our emotions, but then the word that is used by psychologists is regulating your affect or regulating your emotions, meaning am I able to express them in a healthy way, right? So it is one thing to know what I feel, but then what am I doing with those emotions, So, for example, with anger, am I being constructive or destructive, right? With my grief, am I giving myself space to mourn or am I judging myself 
for grieving and saying, I should be over it by now. So then um, I'm distracting myself or I'm numbing out, right? So what are the ways and the places in which you can express what you feel? So that can be talking with a trusted friend about the truth of how you're feeling, not doing public relations, right? Not uh, trying to uh, promote a certain image of ourselves as uh, people often do in social media, right? Where they're, um, they have a brand and so they're trying to present a particular brand. Um, can I, is there a safe place for me to land for me to be honest about what I'm feeling, um, that may be also in therapy to be able to express uh, what I feel honestly. Uh, for some of us, it may be with the journaling. Um, it even may be a way of um, what we call emotion-focused coping, right? So there's problem-solving coping, and then there's emotion-focused coping. So when I'm in distress. Um, there is one thing to say, let me figure out the solution, which can be helpful and important. Um, but there is another component with emotion focused coping where um, I can bring comfort uh, to myself. Right. I can encourage myself. Um, I can nourish and nurture myself. I can give myself permission to cry, give myself permission to lay down and take a nap, give myself permission uh, to just look out the window and be still with what I feel, right? Without judging it, it just, it's there and it's present. And so being able to uh, emotionally nourish ourselves and give ourselves permission to express it. So here's the thing. Uh, when we ha are believing we need to be perfect, then we stifle our emotions. And some of us may have grown up in environments where it was not safe to express what you feel. Uh, but it is important as we are adults, and I know we have some teens that are listening as well, for us to create and cultivate spaces where it is safe to be honest about what we feel. And then the other piece that happens in terms of those of us who uh, explode with the emotions, uh, sometimes it is a matter of we have put things off for so long that they have built up. And so we have to get to a place where we can really communicate what it is um, that we're feeling uh, sooner so that there is not an accumulation over time. So that by the time you tell someone how you feel, it's explosive because you've been holding it in for so long, right? Um, and so why are we uh, holding it in? Sometimes we're afraid of judgment or afraid of their response, but we discover uh, that our silence has not solved it, right? A lot of times people think, well, I'm just not going to talk about it, but it still is very much present, yes? And so we may end up with that explosion or some of us um have used the explosion as a way of controlling other people, right? And you may have seen that modeled growing up uh, where one of your parents would unleash emotionally and everybody else is a hostage to that. And so then that became a strategy that even unconsciously you picked up um, and have replicated, duplicated uh, in your interactions with people. And so being able uh, to express and to feel, um, but not in a way that is a matter of 
uh, control or manipulation um, or a strategy or tool. Yeah, but really from an honest place. So learning how to uh, recognize my feelings, one, learning how to regulate my feelings, number two, because um, some of us really need to take what I've been calling sacred pause. That if I don't take a moment, then as I am uh, communicating, I can feel overwhelmed and super triggered. And then some people are saying things they really don't mean or they regret uh, because I have not given myself a moment uh, to feel it, to recognize like what is really the root of what I am feeling um, as I then begin to express it. So I should say, you know, in parentheses or out of parentheses, that those of us who grew up being a part of a marginalized community often faced additional pressure about feeling the need to uh, present as super strong um, or not showing your vulnerability or weakness. Um, because, you know, sometimes it not only didn't feel safe, but was not safe. Uh, so it is especially important uh, when you are a part of a marginalized group to cultivate community where uh, we can unmask uh, in safety and really express what we feel, uh, not just the caricature of strength, uh, but even uh, the fear or the vulnerability, the disappointment, the grief the embarrassment, the shame, right? To have those spaces. So we have recognizing my emotions, being able to safely in a healthy way, regulate and express my emotions. The third one is being able to identify the emotions of others, being able to pick up, we would say, pick up on social cues. And some people uh, don't have that skill set to begin with. Some people just kind of naturally grew up with it and are very tuned into people or perhaps grew up in a situation where there was a lot of trauma, drama and danger. So you had to learn uh, how to read people, uh, how to read emotional uh, states very uh, early, those who grew up uh, in domestic violence with child abuse, those who grew up with a, a parent who uh, had addiction um, or grew up in a neighborhood where you have to be uh, vigilant at all times. Um, so some people have that skill and are very tuned in to others' emotional lives. Uh, but then there are some of us who uh, because we are checked out or so overwhelmed by our own experience, we miss reading the cues of other people, uh, which can make relationships very difficult. They can make communication very difficult um, because there is a disconnect. The beautiful thing about emotional intelligence is it is a skill that we can actually learn and develop with practice, right? And so being uh, aware of any challenges that we face in those areas, considering, you know, what are the times when I've uh, missed it, right? It may be certain emotions that we're not uh, tuned into. It may be in certain types of relationships uh, where we are uh, more checked out. And so really becoming uh, intentional with my friends. And I would even say at work, it's an important skill uh, to develop not only a sense of what I feel, what I want, what I need, but what is happening in this room? 
right? What is happening in this office, right? You know, if I go in to meet with a supervisor about something and before I start speaking, I pick up on the fact that this person uh, is disappointed, impatient, like is dealing with something, right? They're already in a heavy place when I walked in, right? So then I can use my emotional intelligence to know this isn't really the right time for my ask, right? This isn't really the right time, A-S-K. <laughs> this is not really the right time for my request or for me to raise this issue, like reading the room, yes? Um, if the um, kind of uh, atmosphere and in the home is one of stress, let's say you go, and this is after pandemic, you go with a friend uh, to meet their family and you pick up on a lot of tension, uh, then you want to, you know, operate really with a certain level of uh, caution, um, really observing, not just jumping in. Because sometimes uh, before we can get a sense of where we are, we are coming full speed ahead with our stuff, with our agenda. And then we get disappointed because it doesn't land in a good way. Um, whereas before we got into our thing, if we could take uh, a moment and really try to tune into like, what's going on in this space emotionally, right? If I'm uh, in an environment where um, morale is low, right? That people are already feeling uh, insecure or intimidated. And then I want to come in there with my list or my observations of everything that's wrong with this place. It's not going to go well. Yes. So uh, I want to encourage you to start thinking about how are my friends doing? How are my family members doing that? What are they saying? Because sometimes uh, culturally or generationally, um, people uh, do not feel safe to say what they're feeling. Or sometimes, as we said, they don't even know, like they couldn't even put words to it. And so um, as we think about cultivating relationships, for me not to assume that everything is about me. Right. Uh, I saw an exchange on social media, which I thought was important, where one person had uh, posted a message. You know, if people aren't checking on you, they don't really care. So like that's not your friend. And then another person responded, even if people don't check on me, I know they're still my friend. They might be going through something. Right. So it requires um, an art uh, an art and a science to being able to determine like what is what is going on and then it also not only art and science but then conversation because we can come up with all kinds of uh, theories about what uh, what a person was thinking or you know what uh, a particular phrase meant or what silence meant or um, but needing to engage because people just like we do express their emotions differently. So I wonder if you can take sacred pause even now to think about uh, maybe the three people you communicate with the most and how do you know when they're feeling a particular way? How does it show up for them? Like, have you learned them well enough to know, you know, what they do when they're uh, sad, when they're uh, angry? Have you learned them well enough to know what they do when they're nervous, right? And so learning each other 
that's a part of relationship building, whether, as I said before, even if you're talking about working relationships, that you want to get a sense of how people operate, um, not as a, as a tool to use against them, but so we can show up with compassion, right? Because not everybody is going to come in and say, I'm having a rough day. I need some patience, right? Not everyone has like that capacity or, or just that personality to name it that way. And so what does it look like for them, right? How does it show up for them so that you can uh, navigate those waters? So recognizing the social skills. And then the fourth one is uh, managing our social relationships, right? The reality is other people aren't you. And that sometimes was frustrating for us because we'll say, if it was me, I wouldn't have done that. If it was me, I wouldn't have said that. Or, you know, even in the pandemic, we have a lot of judgments and assumptions about how other people should be coping the way we're coping. So we really want to come a step away from the self-righteousness and recognize that people show up in unique ways in different ways. And so how do I operate with grace with someone who is showing their distress or is feeling something differently than I do? I teach at Pepperdine and I had a check-in with the class and, you know, some of the students were talking about how they were grieving. And then, you know, uh, some of the students were saying, oh, you know, I haven't really been affected. Like things are fine. I'm not really, you know, caught up in this. Right. So both of those uh, two different um, experiences were authentic to them. And so it wouldn't, um, we wouldn't want to judge people who are in a place of grief or anxiety or judge the person who is saying, I I don't really feel it, like personally, like I haven't really um, been uh, affected deeply. Yes. Um, and so, uh, our social skills rely on one, me knowing myself, me being able to express what I feel, me being tuned in to the emotional lives of those who are around me, and then being able to engage with them, uh, with a sense of grace, compassion, and understanding that we don't have to be clones, right? If I can only be friends with people who feel like me, think like me, talk like me, uh, it's going to be a very narrow, limited life for me. Uh, And so there are those of you who may have friends who the way that they cope is with humor, right? They got jokes. They got jokes for days and that's them, right? That's, that's how they manage it. That's how they navigate it. You know, I have uh, a friend I was speaking to and she was talking about how she manages her distress as she creates all these projects around her house because she doesn't want to just sit and watch TV or whatever. So, you know, every time you talk to her, she has found something new that needs to be worked on uh, in her home, right? So for us to be able uh, to do that, to meet people where they are, uh, to be able to show kindness, love, compassion um, for people where they are so we don't miss it, right? I do not want to erase myself and I do not want to erase the experience of others. And when I'm able to cultivate those skills, then I can live more authentically and I can love more authentically. And that is the goal. That is the goal. So I invite your soul 
to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.